Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Emma in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. I had said that today's episode was either going to be Emma or it was going to be top 10 actors born in the 1910s. And I ended up having to kind of go with Emma just because there are a couple more films I wanted to get to before I did my uh, top 10 episode of the 1910s. Uh, you know, as as the numbers keep shifting and, and the stats keep changing, I, I want to make sure that everybody in that list that's potentially going to make the list this time around has had at least two movies seen since the last time I did it, almost two years ago or two years ago at least, and, you know, it's, um, it takes longer than, than it, than it should, to be honest, uh, so that's, that's gonna be Friday, and I don't currently have an episode planned for Monday, but, uh, I'm sure something will come up, and, and then also on Monday is when I'll determine exactly, uh, what the episode format's going to be, moving forward uh, as long as theaters are shut down and everybody is in quarantine and everybody is, um, you know, practicing their social distancing. Social distancing. Uh, we are going to be going out to the store tonight. Um, it's been almost two weeks, a week and a half, I guess, since the last time we went to the store. I'm uh, going to try and get as much as we can so we don't have to go out any other times. But... You know, it's uh, this is a new world we live in, and uh, the rules are different for the time being. So, doing what we can, and uh, other than that, everything's been uh, pretty good over here. So, today's episode is Emma, period. And uh, this stars Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Johnny Flynn, Josh O'Connor, Callum Turner, Mia Goth, Miranda Hart, Bill Nye, Rupert Graves, and many others. It is directed by Autumn DeWilde. Uh, this is the only film of hers I've seen. She did. She was a director, one of the many directors uh, for Six by Sondheim back in 2013, which is an HBO documentary, uh, which I actually have on my watch list and simply haven't gotten around to seeing, uh, mostly because of some of the people in, involved in it. I, I really like Darren Criss, Jeremy Jordan, uh, and, and others, and of course, Audra McDonald, and, and of course, you know, Stephen Sondheim is a legend, he's just, he's just a legend, and she, she worked on that, one of the directors, quite a few were attached to the film, and uh, she's done her own thing uh, with Emma, and anyone who knows the story of Emma uh, as written by Jane Austen, um, you know, this movie as far as I'm I'm concerned, doesn't really deviate from that very much. It, it follows that that s story's path, and um, you know is more of a showcase on on Dwild's direction and uh, some of the performers within it. For me, Anya Taylor Joy is I don't want to say miscast. I think she, her. She embodies Emma very well. I think she's got a really good disposition and, and, and knows how to be this character. Uh, she plays her a little more... Um, I don't know what the... 
comparing comparing this movie to the 1996 version with Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, you know, in that version, Paltrow is a lot more, I don't know, just bubbly, upbeat uh, as a character. And in this, Anya Taylor-Joy is much more understated, much more withdrawn, much more, um, you know, less, lower, lower, less enthusiasm, less excitement. Everything is restrained uh, to a slightly slightly higher degree in, in Taylor Joy's performance and that's fine uh, I, I I guess I slightly prefer Paltrow's take on the character and I am, I'm just going to assume that it was uh, or I guess I'm just going to attribute it to the to the actors and it might have been something with the direction that led the films to have the divergent portrayals of the main character uh, I like Emma's supporting cast quite a bit. I think Bill Nye is very funny in this movie. He's definitely a supporting performance and uh, is is very, as far as like the his impact on the proceedings of the story, very small. Um, he's not somebody who's involved in the matchmaking. Uh, he just is kind of there in the background a lot, and everything he's doing, I responded to. I really enjoyed Bill Nye in this. Um, he kind of plays a kooky old uh, guy who doesn't fully understand where he's at all the time, if that makes sense. Uh, the rest of the young people, Johnny Flynn, Josh O'Connor, Callum Turner, Mia Goth, and others. Um, you know, Gemma Whalen, uh, Amber Anderson, and so on. I thought they were fine. I liked Johnny Flynn. I think he and Anya Taylor-Joy went toe-to-toe together a lot. And uh, they were the ones who, who really sort of stood above the rest of the pack. Uh, there's a couple of scenes. They get the more dramatic moments of the movie uh, underneath the tree, um, as well as right after the picnic. Uh, they're the ones who kind of get to spar with their words a little more than any of the, any of the other characters. And, and really sparring with your words is, is a staple of Austin's writing. And those are the moments that I, I really enjoy diving into because those are the ones that are the most exciting those are the ones that are really working um outside of the younger cast uh, and and of course the the ones outside of johnny flynn and Anya taylor are generally fine uh, but nothing outstanding or, or particularly special from from my money some of the older casts uh, that aren't bill nye uh, rupert graves is just kind of there he fulfills a purpose but miranda hart i loved her in this uh, she doesn't get as much to do as I would have liked. I really needed wanted her to get another scene. Uh, but she gets a couple of really, really great moments in this movie. Um, some uh, most definitely comedic, but the dramatic moments that she has are uh, unequaled in the rest of the film. And uh, she shares them with Onion Taylor-Joy, and, and it's really... That's the highlight of the movie for me. Um, those moments, of course, being negative in, in many ways. But uh, from, a, from a quality cinematic you know, experience, I liked those the most. The, the, those points the most out of anything else that I saw here. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's... Looking at, like, uh, a lot of period... It's a period piece, so there's a special amount of attention being paid to costumes, hairstyling, uh, the set design, the production. I liked the production quite a bit. Uh, I really liked the costumes. I thought they did a great job on the costumes. 
Hairstyling. It looked like a lot of work went into it. But, and then this mostly revolves around Anya Taylor-Joy. She just does not, I don't know, whatever it is about her, she does not look natural with any of the hairstyles I saw her in in this movie. I don't know if it was the blonde hair. I don't know if it was the, you know, ringlet curls or, or, or what it was. But it just did not, does not fit uh, her. And maybe that's because of what I've seen her in before this or just something else. But it really did strike uh, a pretty odd balance uh, with with Anya Taylor-Joy between her and her hair. I mean, the hair, absent of, of Anya Taylor-Joy, the hair looks fine. Uh, some of the hairstyles I was a little iffy on, but uh, all in all, the, the sort of practical, physical, uh, tactile elements of the movie I thought were strong. Uh, not quite as strong as, say, The Favorite or, or some other, a couple of other period pieces like that. But very strong, nonetheless. The makeup, of course, very good, and, and so on. Um, but it's tough to kind of talk about this for me without comparing it to the original, quote-unquote, original 1996 film, uh, which I really love. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, uh, so that I, I may or may not still hold true. Uh, let me see. I saw it... How long ago was it? Uh, it's been seven, a little over seven years. I saw it uh, New Year's Day of 2013. Um, I really enjoyed it. I do, uh, maybe I overrated it a little bit back then. Even if I did, it's still a higher rating than what this Emma got. And I kind of think it's a little to do with uh, the titular performance and I like Anya Taylor-Joy a lot in general I do like her in this role I think she does a really good job but uh, Gwyneth Paltrow I think just embodies this character a little bit better and I kind of I mentioned the sort of contrary elements of the two characters and how they're portrayed and I, I do kind of lean toward the Paltrow version a little bit more and it's tough to watch this and not kind of think about that version a lot. Um, it do, it also helps that the 1996 version supporting cast was a bit more recognizable. Not to take anything away from you know Johnny Flynn and Josh O'Connor and Callum Turner and Mia Goth, but I don't know. They just seeing them all together, the movie feels younger. It feels more juvenile, and and I don't. Not that's not an uh, you know an absolute negative. I'm not. Movies are allowed to be juvenile, and a lot of times that's a good thing when the movie is. But in this instance, I think it belay kind of betrays part of uh, who these characters are for me. And I, the only thing I do like about that approach is how a lot of this movie is you know people. Um, believing they are doing something better than than what it is um you know for example emma is trying to be a matchmaker but she's really not that good at it and she's actually pretty bad at it and it's definitely speaks to a kind of juvenile character uh, operating in a mature world that they're not really fully prepared for and i liked that aspect of this version a lot the problem is you sacrifice a lot of other things to get that viewpoint. You sacrifice a lot of the other, you know, anytime the, the, there's not that commentary to be in, interpreted and, and heard, 
you just have these, you know, young juvenile characters um, speaking, you know, this sort of Shakespearean language, this very elevated English that, for me, con- contrasted a little too strikingly and then starkly with uh, who they are, you know. Whereas you look back at the 1996 version, of course, all these people are much younger now then than they were now, than they are now. But you know, Gwyneth Paltrow and Ewan McGregor and Tony Collette, you know, we don't really know the future for a lot of the people in in the new Emma. But in the old one, like we can look now and say like, and I feel like you can even look at it then and like, oh yeah, Ewan McGregor, Tony Collette, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, like these are going to be huge. You know, these are huge, huge names that even then, you know, kind of carried an air about them. Alan Cumming, Jeremy Northam, Polly Walker, not quite. uh, But, you know, those main four are huge names that are not going to be, um, you know, it's tough to, you know, put together four people who aren't going to have, you know, as as lasting careers as they have. Uh, You know, they're still in movies right now. And, that, I don't know, that sort of lasting impression, you know, I look, I think of the, there's a scene from the 96 version that I always, always sticks with me, and they didn't have that scene in this movie, uh, but Emma, Gwyneth Paltrow, is riding in a carriage, and she gets kind of stuck in the mud, and her wheel won't come out, and Ewan McGregor, Ewan, Ewan McGregor comes by on his horse, and he says, you know, what's wrong? What's the matter? And she looks at the wheel and, you know, the wheel's stuck and I cannot move. And he responds with, you'll just have to live here then. Good day. And it just, it, it flows so perfectly. The timing is great. Uh, Ewan McGregor is, is, I love him so much as, uh, as Mr. Churchill. I don't know. It just, something about it, man. I, it's tough for me. I, it's tough for me to move on from the original version, uh, especially when I liked it so much. And I like this version too. This is a good version of Emma. It does give us a little bit of a different perspective, especially with the younger cast, which, you know, whether, whether or not they're actually younger, beside the point, but they, they seem younger, they appear to be younger. And I, I feel as though they are younger. And that's, you know, the, the key point, the key element to that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, uh, we watched it, uh, the other, the other night, it's, I believe, out on streaming now, uh, after its brief appearance in theaters before everything was shut down, I think it's worth checking out, uh, if you haven't seen the 90s version, you probably, I feel like you probably like this version a little bit more, just because there's nothing to compare it to, uh, but, even if you have, I think there's a lot worth seeing. Uh, it's enough of a new take. I think Autumn DeWilde's direction, uh, the way that she, you know, the, the the film has better sets, better production. It looks nicer. It feels uh, more, I don't know, I guess authentic is, is fair. Uh, there's a really wonderful scene of dancing where there's very little dialogue, but just watching the interactions of the characters as they're dancing and, you know, switching partners and moving around the dance floor is, I don't know, it's really staged beautifully and helps to inform a lot of these characters and, and 
a lot of what their motivations are and where their heads are at without saying much of anything. And yeah, yeah, I, I think there's many things to watch for. Nai, Miranda Hart, Anya Taylor-Joy, a lot of the great dramatic moments in this movie. So I don't want it to sound like I, I'm, it's a, I don't want it to sound like it's an unnecessary movie just because I liked the previous one more. I think it can, ex- I think they both can exist side by side very easily and uh, they deserve to for what that's worth. Uh, there's, there's a lot uh, watching Emma. There's a lot um, worth checking out. Uh, there's also Angus Imry is in this. If you saw the kid who would be king last year, he was the Merlin, young Merlin in that movie where, you know, a big role. In this, he's like a supporting, he's like a background character, just kind of shuff, shuffled off to the side. Um, trying to think. There's a couple other people in here that I recognized from other things. I'm trying to remember who all they were. Uh, let's see here. You have Gemma Whalen from Game of Thrones. She's, uh, oh man, who is she in Game of Thrones? She is... I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Yara. She's Yara Greyjoy. I was trying to think of Theon to just say her, his brother or his sister. But Yara's in this. You have... Uh, if you've seen the, the Netflix show uh, Sex Education, two of the main... Two of the cast members of that are in this. I don't remember which ones um and i can't seem to find them just clicking randomly at names uh which is unfortunate because there's not that many names oh there it is there's one uh tanya reynolds is from sex education as well as connor swindells uh, so it was nice to see them i remember pointing it out to meg that like oh look it's the you know we watched sex education fairly recently the newer season and uh, seeing them in here was nice they were also fairly small characters sporting characters but but small uh so it, it's good to see them having something to do outside of sex education they kind of play they kind of play the same characters in this maybe a little toned down but mostly the same characters um yeah i don't know i I, it's a very straightforward adaptation like i said i don't feel like it deviates much from the original book the original story uh there wasn't anything in here that really took me by surprise some of the settings for various scenes are a little different Uh, and like i said you know some of the scenes from the the original movie are a little different are um not there uh, which is totally cool, and I, I wouldn't want it to be a carbon copy anyway. Um, there's a shot, there's a scene toward the end of the film uh, involving a draft, uh, like a breeze, a draft like a breeze, that I thought was really funny, and I, I got a good kick out of that. So, I don't know. Emma. Emma. Uh, as far as my own feelings on the film and and where it kind of slots in for the current Circle of Film Awards for 2020, which are moving very slowly. Uh, There are currently only 13 films on any of the categories, but Emma currently looking at slots for director, lead, two for supporting, uh, Nye and Miranda Hart, 
screenplay score the score is nice i liked the score it it kind of felt like it had a little just just a t- twinge of an edge to it i i think it you know it definitely tries to fit into the 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 atmosphere and the period it's in but i do feel like there's a touch uh that it's given that elevates it a little bit uh, and then of course as i mentioned the tactile effects are, are pretty outstanding as much as i quibble about the hair uh, i think everything in there is is pretty pretty good uh so looking at seven nominations right now um which is kind of ridiculous uh but who knows how long that's going to last when you think about where we are and how long it's going to be before another theatrical release comes out and we're just kind of waiting on streaming and VOD and stuff like that to give us more content. We want more content. Uh, so, yeah. Emma. Emma, period. I'm not. I'm curious why they stylized it that way. I don't think I've seen any explanation. And I don't know. Nobody, uh, why does Emma have a period in its title? Why does Emma have a period is a little, oh no, this is a video. I don't want a video. I want to read it. Oh man. Oh, Variety wrote, Quote, it's unclear why the filmmakers insisted on end punctuation, especially considering the extreme unlikelihood that this would be the last word on the material. Hmm. Oh no, this is what I was, <laughs> I was worried. Oh man, this is, this feels too cute. Like, this feels like Martha levels of cute. Martha referring to Batman v Superman. Uh, speaking exclusively to RadioTimes.com, director Autumn DeWilde revealed that the answer is pretty self-explanatory. Quote, there's a period at the end of Emma because it's a period film, she said. It's true, end quote. Oh, man. It's just a, it's just a pun. Just a pun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a good pun. I don't, it doesn't, no. No thanks. No, thank you. I don't. I don't, I don't support this particular pun, but it is how it is, and we have Emma, period. Uh, so Emma, currently my sixth favorite film from 2020. Uh, I did like it. I think it's good. I think if you have the opportunity, it's worth checking out. And um, if you enjoyed it and you haven't seen the 90s version, I would say check that out too. Uh, but other than that, uh, another short episode. Uh, but... Fridays will be a little longer. As I said, top 10 actors episodes generally run closer to the 45 to 60 minute length. Uh, So that's what we're looking at uh, for Friday. And of course, still unclear as what Monday's episode is going to be. So as of right now, thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can head over to iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. If for any reason you have a problem with any of the episodes either not working, not being listed, etc., you can find all the episodes at circleoffilm.com, including many other things. And uh, for for any reason that's still not not working, uh, you can find me and and let me know on Twitter at circleoffilm. Send me an email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or find me on Letterboxd at circleoffilm. If you'd like to support the show... Uh, right now, the best things you can do are like to like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, um, or just listen. 
really. Listening is the best support. Uh, there is no better time than right now to be listening to podcasts. Uh, but if you are so inclined, if the um, ultimate stimulus package that we are given uh, helps you out and you can afford to support us, uh, just um, you know go to patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as eight cents an episode, you can have early access to all the episodes that are released early. Uh, which, especially if we do go down to two episodes a week uh, starting in April, should be more of them, uh, as it turns out. So, uh, of course, I cannot cannot end the episode without thanking Brian, uh, one of the most generous patrons on that I got, and uh, really does mean a lot to have his continued support. Um, and of course, thank you, the listener, for listening. It does mean a lot, and uh, as always. Have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.